0: comforting classics,
1: fresh new content, something old, something new. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Something Old, Something New. Uh, For some reason I sound like a croaky old woman, Hmm. Uh, but this is the podcast where the two ladies of Fan Critical talk about something old that they have watched, perhaps an old favourite or a comforting classic, and something new that they've watched that probably the other one hasn't, but they will be recommended to do so. Uh, In case you don't recognise me through the weird croak that's just a few (laughs) started recording this, Uh, I'm Emma and I'm joined by the lovely Lucy. Hello who uh, currently is not feeling very well just ill last so-
0: time i was on here i was i had covid for, for stranger things and i just don't think i ever really recovered
1: oh that is pretty rough mate so we'll be gentle on you today
0: yeah just if, if yeah just not i mean i'm gonna speak but i'll try and take it easy
1: Actually, this podcast is just going to be me for the next thirty-five minutes and me nodding nonsense, and just no- nodding that you can't see. Nobody's seeing that. Yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to this before, it is a great opportunity for Lucy and I to just get together and talk about stuff that we've been watching uh, outside of the the full fan critical crew, uh, and we get to do this about once every six weeks, and it's delightful. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it has actually. Uh, the cats appeared as well, so she's joining us today. May the a member of fan critical. Weird. Um, I don't know what it's like wherever our listeners are, but it's hot here. Yeah, this in the is the United our, Kingdom. What third heatwave? I think. Yeah, I think so. of the summer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, hot. Um, I live by the beach. I live a ten-minute walk from the sea, and I haven't been in the sea yet, so. That's oh. on, that is on me that is my fault and i need to remedy this i just need to get well i guess maybe the sea air you'd think the sea air would cure me like used to cure people in the victorian era but too much pollution in the air now maybe and it's maybe it's making me worse i don't know but Who yes, knows? should get to the beach
1: or perhaps when you feel a little more well you can take a little jaunt slowly and gently down by the sea air to recuperate Lucy just
0: roll myself into the ocean
1: Well, in an effort uh, to save your poor sore throat, um, I'm going to come to you first today to kick us off with your something old, please, Lucy.
0: Okay. So I remember in the early days of this podcast, you used to do something old, but it would be something that you hadn't seen that was old. And I remember being like, I don't know if that really fits in with the theme. However, this is what I've done. I've done the same thing. So apologies for queering you on it um because i have watched an old film um so i don't know if you did this in lockdown but we did it here we kind of went on a theme um trip with our film so we'd watch we watched loads of films that were set in like um the civil war era in america we watched some films that um were sort of courtroom dramas about social justice like um Chicago 7 and Aaron Brockovich so we we went on little themes um and I saw a tweet the other day of a picture of Denzel Washington in a film called Devil in a Blue Dress in the 90s and obviously he just looked unreal um and in the thread of of the tweet people were just talking about all these different films of Denzel Washington um not the, the most well known ones like more from the, like the the start of his career and I thought to myself I want to watch some of these films. And that's what we've been doing. Um, nice. So we've watched, I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm only going to talk about one. But we've watched Devil in the Blue Dress, which is a sort of a noir type detective thriller type yeah. thing.
1: It's very early Denzel, isn't it? Like, it is early. Quite a lot of that.
0: Um, that's That was good. I enjoyed that. We watched Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, the most beautiful cast in the world. Denzel and Keanu just in leather trousers in the Tuscan countryside made me feel a lot better um but the film I'm going to talk about is one that I had never really heard of but I saw some pictures on this thread of Denzel in this film and I thought yes that is what I need at all times because he's he just looks stunning um and the film is called Mississippi Masala. Have you heard of this film?
1: Uh, no. What a really bizarre title for a film. Please tell me more. It
0: is a bizarre title for a film. Um, and you would think, is this, is this an offensive title? I'm still not sure. But it's quite an unusual storyline um, and setting, I guess. So the, the film, it was released. When was it released? I've got it up. 1991.
1: Oh, Denzel. Wow. Denzel
0: is young, so the the stars are Denzel Washington and Sarita Chaudhry. Who I when I saw her in this, film, like she's young and she's absolutely stunning. Um, but I remember her randomly. Do you remember Homeland? Did you used to watch Homeland? Yeah, she was Saul's wife in Homeland. That's where I remember her. Um, but she, oh. yeah. Very striking woman. Very striking woman. Very, like, instantly recognisable. I think she was in, like, Hunger Games. And, I mean, she's probably been in loads of really good stuff. But this is the stuff that I would have seen. Um, and I think she's in the new Sex and City, which I haven't seen. Um, but it, it stars those two. And the setting is basically like a... I wouldn't say romantic comedy. I would say it was a romantic drama. But it's just a very unusual setup. So it's directed by um, Mira Nair, who you may remember has directed some other sort of more acclaimed films. I'm just getting them up. Uh, she did like Monsoon Wedding and Vanity Fair. She she was quite
1: Oh yeah. You know, I know the sort of
0: vibe you're thinking Yes of. you are We're thinking, thinking about. She yeah. did a film about the Karma Sutra as well, um which I haven't seen. But so it's directed by her. So a female director in ninety nine so a female like Indian British director and it starts in Uganda in nineteen seventy two where oh. um family so they're an Indian family living in Uganda and they're expelled from Uganda because Idi Amin is in power and he's saying no the Indians get the best of everything in this country they take they don't give you all have to leave so um Mira and her father basically have to and her mother have to leave um, Uganda they go via Britain I think they live for a bit and then we see them we see her in a supermarket in Mississippi about twelve years later. Mm. Um, she has a fender bender with Denzel's character. I need to get the names of these people up because this is not well. So Mina, not Mira, and Denzel is Demetrius. So that's a
1: Demetrius. Cool, that is a cool
0: name. Um, no. And there, there's like a small car crash between them, uh, and then they bump into each other again, and they basically start this romance, which because of her culture. Is not really accepted when it is revealed. No. But what is just so interesting about it is looking at it from the the, the cultures, you see his family and you see her family. So they they live in like a motel, which they kind of run. She does like the laundry and stuff. Um, and apparently Mira in there, the director, she said that this is something that actually did happen with a lot of... Um, ethnic Indians who were expelled from Uganda. They ended up in the Mississippi area of um, the southern states and opening these motel chains. Like it's really, it's like a very um, undiluted diaspora in this area of America, which is is quite unusual. And I've never heard about this. I didn't know about um, the Indians in Idi Idi
1: Amin's Uganda. Would you like to take a guess as to why they were there? Oh, I would. However, I don't know that I have a guess. I mean, uh, what what usually causes
0: these kind of things? People being in other ge- countries,
1: genocide, um, well, nuclear bomb,
0: colonization
1: Oh, so it was us,
0: the Brits. We took, of course, it was us. Um,
1: of course, it was us. Indians, well, of from course, actually, India, yeah, colonial
0: India. We took them over to uh, Uganda and areas of Kenya to build a railroad, and then they we just oh. left them there. So yeah, nice. we're at it just again. Just uprooting
1: people from their homes, putting them into a place so they are eventually going to get expelled or killed. Great, so, we're a lovely people. Just using them for labor, brilliant. Um,
0: so the the romance between um, Demetrius and Mina is, oh, that their chemistry is absolutely fantastic. Like it made me sort of lightheaded. They both look just stunning. Um, but it was just really interesting to see these cultures. Like you, you see sort of African-American culture in their communities. That's portrayed in films more often. Mm. But it was interesting to see sort of you don't see they're both um minority cultures or minority communities in a way but the african americans are kind of embedded in their community whereas the indians yeah. are not really at all they're, they're quite recent to the country um
1: so it's just quite an interesting backdrop for a romance um you i do... have really considered um or we really thought that much about indian culture in america no that's quite, it's really interesting, actually. It's
0: really interesting. And I just don't see a film like this getting made now. Or if it did, it would be a probably a bit more heavy-handed about the cultural differences, whereas this mm. was a bit more just matter-of-fact and it played into it, but it wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to hit you over the head with the fact that an Indian father wouldn't want his um, daughter to marry a black man or be a black man, which is funny because the the father was a lawyer in Uganda who like defended black people like... They lived amongst black people because it was Uganda. You know, his best friend oh, you yeah. see um, who kind of encouraged him to leave Uganda so he wouldn't get killed was a black man. And it's just, but then they come to America and it's like, no, 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 you're not good enough. It, it's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really, just haven't really seen anything like that before. There are- question.
1: Yes. Please, to interrupt you, sorry. Um, was it, it, was believable then? yeah.
0: Like, it's truly not done, be- like, it's, believable not, romance. it's not, oh yeah, because they're just, he's charming, so he has like a carpet cleaning business, so he's trying to do really well for himself, and she like works in the, in the hotel, so they're kind of at different levels of their lives, mm. but they're just their chemistry, the way they meet, and even just watching it, I was like, I just don't think I've ever seen a film or anything on TV with like a, a black character and an Indian character in a relationship, no. and it was beautiful, like they they just, they look great together, and it wasn't like a trauma film where it's like, oh my God, this is like heartbreaking. It was just, you know, trying to overcome these obstacles that are they're put in the way in, in a story that you just don't hear about. You don't see, and it must happen. You know, you must have these sort hmm. of intercultural relationships and the dynamics with the families, but you just don't see it. And what was really interesting is Denzel, like, we all think of him as like, wow, great actor sort of one of the best of his generation but I've never seen him as like a romantic
1: lead and it's like why no, that was this the guy- second thing I was gonna say yeah it must be really like the reason I asked about whether it was believable is because I don't know that I believe I just haven't seen him in that kind of oh role. he's
0: so I mean he's so handsome it's like painful and he's so charming and it just makes you feel all like giggly and like mm. and I just thought yeah it was making me a bit like giddy I was like oh
1: I wanna go on Denzel on a date back with in, Denzel. Yeah. Back I mean, in 1991, I mean, fresh face, gorgeous young man. So, handsome. Not that we're um objectifying Denzel Washington. I am. I am. Yeah. I am.
0: Because he's really handsome and there's no one like him now who No,
1: I mean for a her, while I was kind of like Jamie Fox sort of like he was looked like he was going to come up to be a bit like a kind no. of the new Denzel, but then I mean He's no. a different he's a different entity.
0: There's no one that like and I mean black or white. There's no one that has the kind of um, technical ability of Denzel, the charisma, the look, mo- just being a movie star. And I do feel like he kind of, a lot of the films, like if you look through his filmography, which is what I did to find these films, a lot of them it's kind of like, I mean, obviously Training Day is a good film, but then after that, it's almost like with Liam, um, I was going to say Liam Gallagher. Ha, Liam, no, I, like, I did think you were then. I was like, what? <laughs> Liam Neeson, Neeson in Taken. Well, you go from being top Oscar winning actor to action man. And I feel like Denzel yeah. did that a, a bit and he's worth so much more. Um, oh my God, yeah. But yeah, like just young young Denzel in the romantic lead um, is, oh, I re- I really enjoyed it. It's not, it wasn't sounds long.
1: Like, sounds like one of the, was it a 90 minute film, Luce? I think it may have been closer to two
0: hours, but under two hours. Um, and I'll allow that for Denzel. It's nowhere to watch. You have to find ways to watch it. So I, if you wanted to watch it, I could probably make that happen for you, Emma. Um But it's just like a forgotten film. And it's just really different and really
1: unusual. And I really enjoyed it. Okay, so here's the test, right? Uh, If you are unfamiliar with Fan Critical, after all these years, how could you be? Uh, We rate everything on what's called the blueberry scale. It's very simple. It's from zero to five. Zero is the worst. Five is the best, And there can't be any halves. So it is a harsh, but fair scale. How many blueberries would you give Mississippi Masala?
0: I would give it four. Oh,
1: Yes, and the the title,
0: she sort of alludes to it, um, Mina in the film, um, because she's born in Africa, but she's of Indian heritage, and she sort of grew up the second part of her sort of childhood in um, England, and now she's in America. It's kind of like Indian African, blah blah blah. So I think Denzel sort of says, so where like, where are you like really from or whatever? And she describes herself as a masala, which is sort of like a mix of things. So that's where it comes from. Mm. And because it was like a you know, the director is Indian, like it's not just like an offensive title, it has some kind of other meaning. But yeah, and it, it looks great, like the colours, like the sort of nineties fashion and stuff. Uh,
1: I really liked it. I I'll recommend it on the list, list, Do it. Um, I'm sure I can find a way to I will, find said film I'll somewhere.
0: Hook, I'll hook you up. I'll
1: Thanks, carry you. a pigeon, you it. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. On old VHS from nineteen ninety-one. I'll dig out the player. I like that. Actually, weirdly, uh we're we're not farly dissimilar in some of some of the ways, but also very, very disparate in our choices of something old this time. Uh so my something old. Uh, is that I watched, for the first time in quite a few years, something that I used to watch with my mum and dad almost all of the time, uh, like at least once a week on video, uh, was the first two Austin Powers films. (laughs) The Spy Who Shagged Me and International Man of Mystery. I can't remember which order they come in. I think International is first. Yeah, International Man of Mystery and then The Spy Who Shagged Me. Now, for anyone here who has never seen Austin Powers, some of it, so well, where have you been some of it i think for for some generations may not age so well um but I laughed constantly uh whilst quoting my way through both of these films, like I felt like a kid again, like just giggling away at all these silly little things, and I've got to say actually even if you take out things like you know some of it is probably not very p c because it's meant to be not very p c um Mike Myers is one of the most talented comedic actors like ever. So you get to like the second film and you've got Mike Myers starring with Heather Graham as like, the sexy MI6 agent or CIA agent um, in, in the 1960s. You've got Mike Myers playing Austin Powers. Very uh, classic, goofy, bad teeth, hairy-chested, sexy MI6 guy, right? Then you've got him playing Dr. Evil, the the bald uh I can't think of the word I'm looking for like villain yeah I mean he's just a classic villain um then you've got him playing fat bastard who is a massively overweight scottish guy uh I eat because I'm sad i'm sad because I eat oh my god fat bastard I eat so, oh baby <laughs> which just one of my I'm not going to sing it um he plays all of these roles so unbelievably well and just like perfect and i don't think i know of any other comedic actor who can do that i mean i think we could all be honest to say that i think um oh my god what's wrong with me coming to america eddie murphy eddie murphy thank you um did do a bit of it or tried to do a similar sort of thing in like the nutty professor the Nasty professor and the other one i want to say like the flumps or the something. clumps Everybody the clumps thank yeah. you um but it's I mean there's no one who is as good as Mike Myers and I think for me it's a pure genius of the comedy against it like they are talking about bringing out a fourth uh Austin Powers film and I think that the magic will have gone a little. yeah I mean I remember it was huge
0: when we were growing up like I loved it I thought it was so funny nobody talks about it now there's no like cultural reference to it even Mike Myers it's like it's just like a a time capsule of, of a very certain time where pastiching 60s spy films was considered very funny. So the idea of bringing it back, it's like, mm, where's the appetite for that? Like, I haven't seen it. I can, I probably haven't seen it since I was a child. Um, so it's 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 unusual to me that they would think... I know everything's fucking
1: rebooted these days, but that, I'm oh, like... Just I can't where's think where's of anything it? new, you can they? Where's the and appetite for I've got to say, it? though, like, it was three hours of just... Gentle, hilarious, silly telling, and you know, and it's just you—you you get a good laugh about it. You've got Rob Lowe in there, young Rob Lowe, old Rob Lowe, <laughs> like it's brilliant. Um, Heather Graham in the first in the first one, you've got. Um, Elizabeth oh God, Hurley, what, isn't it? What is wrong with well, that? That was, that was me earlier. Going, so It's like a heat stroke or something. Elizabeth Hurley, who is just beautiful and wonderful and lovely, um, who, spoiler warning for anyone who's not seen this, turns out to be a fembot. How did I never notice? Um, and it's just, and then you've got Vern Troyer playing Mini Me, which is. Rest in just, peace. He's, he's Rest good. in peace indeed. Such a shame actually, because he was he's just a great actor and you know did some really good things. I just really enjoy it because it's just silly. And I think I was in the mood, it was Sunday afternoon, like late afternoon, early evening. We had enough time sitting in the sun, I thought I wanna watch something gentle that's gonna make me laugh. And I watched both of them back to back and thought I'm happy. I just had a smile on my face and a little giggle. And I was finally able to quote along to a movie for the first time in ages because I pretty much know the entire script for both of them. Um, and I just, you know, still really impressed at the skill of Mike Myers. Even if you think back to Wayne's World. I still right? love I mean, Wayne's World. Wayne's World's a great film. And Wayne's World 2 is also... Wayne's okay. World. Party time. Excellent. Excellent. Um... But it was—it was, it was just—it almost like sort of transporting myself back in, ironically, given the the film itself, back in time to like a whole different, more innocent place where it was hilarious to have a fat guy, um, you know, talking about being Scottish and eating babies and just you know, really funny and silly. I don't know that all of it is okay anymore. Yeah. You can't judge yeah. it by today's standards. You can only no, look at I it. I also from don't how it was made. Don't think I care. Like. It was a past and it it really it really ages in my mind quite delightfully. Um, but I think for some other people, maybe it wouldn't. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go wild here. I still give both of those films five blueberries. Wow, I mean, I haven't seen them.
0: Yeah, got to be I think
1: twenty years at least. Probably. Yeah,
0: so I remember probably. seeing the third one with Beyonce in the cinema. Gold. Um, yep. I love gold and I don't think I've probably seen any of them since so I I can't I can't say
1: no it's not five because I can't remember I remember they were funny at the time for the fact they're still funny Mike Myers is excellent they look pretty good for like late 90s movies like you can't really yeah yeah fun because they're not meant to be like really slick um and actually, for me, like the feeling of being transported back to something I just really loved as a kid, I just generally really enjoyed watching them. So you know, the the joy that it gave me. Yeah, made five Bloops. That's what movies are all about. It is. It is. Um, well, there goes to something old. Uh, it's time, I think, to move along to something new. Uh, Lucy, would you be happy to take us through to to the first new thing for us to discuss? yes together. i will um bit of a why de- i said that so a, weirdly bit of a I departure
0: from a sort of fairly cheering things that we've been discussing um so regular listeners will know that i've sort of semi-recently finished watching the wire it obviously left a wire-shaped hole in my life um so we started watching we own this city have you heard of this show
1: this rings a bell but please tell me more because likely it's in some kind of mess in the back of my brain of something I'll need to remember. So
0: it's the it's the creators of The Wire made this. Um, it's based on a book by a journalist, but it's a true story. So it's based on the, the, the Baltimore Police Department, again. But The bad side. Um, so I think it's 2015. Let me get the actual stats. It's
1: still relatively recent, to be fair. It is, well, yeah. Well, I actually think it is.
0: No, I mean, it's, I think it is 2016 or it might be 15, but you might remember, you probably won't because I feel like what happens is, it sounds awful, but you live in the UK and you hear of these instances of uh, police brutality against black men in America um, and you remember the names, but you can't remember how exactly they died because there are so many of them. So this bait is um, set around the death of Freddie Gray. Um, and he he died under suspicious circumstances while in police custody, so he went into a police van and came mm. out dead. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, so there's massive riots in Baltimore about this, um, understandably, and the police officers who were on duty when he died are kind of tried for murder in the second degree. Ooh. Uh, yes, and the police department are fuming, and they say, basically, we are not, going to get out of our cars and do stop and searches and, or do anything because now we're scared that we're going to get prosecuted if anything goes wrong, essentially. So mm-hmm. the crime stats go up, the police stats go down, and something's got to give because fans of the Y will know it's all about the numbers with the police department. You know, there are so many homicides in Baltimore. It's such a violent and crime-ridden city. I'm not sure if it still is, but in the past I'm talking about. And it's what's also looming is the election with Trump. So that's kind of in the background.
1: Oh, yes. I vaguely remember the riots.
0: Yes, you you would, yeah. I mean, so much has happened in America. That sounds awful. I do pay attention,
1: but that was seven years ago.
0: But a lot happens, I think, also um, in America with these kind of things. Um, So it's not really about that, but that is the background. And we do have uh, an officer, well, not really an officer, but a worker. From the Department of Justice, played by Winnie Masaku, who you might remember was in our favourite show, Lovecraft Country, which we don't think we enjoyed watching or podding on much. But she was very good in it. She's um, British. She's been in well. a few
1: things, actually. She's amazing. She's
0: very good. So she, I think she for a while was in Vera. She was in Vera. That's right. Yeah, she was in Vera. So she's gone anyway, on, sorry, up on. and up and away from that. So she's basically interviewing. Um, police officers about police brutality and police officers that have a lot of complaints against them for police brutality um, because they want to bring in something called a decree of consent in Baltimore, which means that the police department have to act on the complaints against them, which they haven't been like. these. There are officers that have got loads of complaints against you know violence, yeah. mis- misconduct, mistreatment, and they're still allowed to walk the streets because they make arrests and they, they drive up the numbers and they're seen as good cops. So that's the, that's the background. That's what we're looking at. Now, in response to the, the sort of the drop in the st- crime stats, as in making arrests and stuff, the um, Baltimore Police Department they decide to bring in a task force called the Gun Trace Task Force. So, what that means is that there's this elite group of cops that are going to hunt down guns, bring them in, bring in drugs, and you know, clean up the streets. And the main guy is Sergeant Wayne Jenkins, played by friend of the pod. I feel like he is because we brought him up, John Bernthal. I know oh. you like him and yeah. I like him too. Yeah, it's just something hot about beard, him. He's just hot. Even when in yep. this, when he's got yep. a horrible wig on and a horrible chin beard thing and he's not a great, not a good guy. I'm like, yeah, you're really charismatic.
1: He's, you're he's been in something else as a bad cop before, like a dirty cop.
0: He's really got that vibe. Even though I think he's a very nice man yeah. in real life. He's a really like, cool guy. Um, he acts it very well. He does act it very well. So... Fans of the Wire again will know that you're not going to get spoon-fed stuff. A lot of the Freddie Gray stuff, the the, the um, dialogue is quite expositionary because it's not the full focus. But with regards to the Gun Trace Task Force, we start it, the show. Sort of starts with people being interviewed. You so you, you assume potentially that they're I don't know, drug dealers or gun runners, whatever. Mm. Uh, but it turns out they're police officers that are being interviewed ah. by the FBI because mm. essentially this gun task trace. Gun Trace Task Force have not been behaving within the law. And good God, really? Yes, shocking police corruption. It kind of gives me a bit of a modern day uh, LA Confidential vibe in a way, you know. Mm. That's exactly who's, what I was just thinking about. Yeah, yes, Who's um, who's how how involved are people, how far does it go, that kind of thing. And it's really good. It's such a good oh, show. Oh, tap. Um, yeah. And it it builds up a little bit slowly because, it, it, as I say, it's not Kung Pao, like straight away, you have to kind of watch it and get drawn into it. There's a lot of alumni from the wire in it that pop up and you're like, Oh Marlo, you're an officer, or Pooh, you're a police officer, what? Um, which is quite fun. Um and yeah, it's just it's very well acted. Um it's a good dramatic story, you know. It's a true story about these police officers that were thought they're above the law and essentially what they're doing. I mean, if you don't want to know anything, don't listen to this, but they are yeah, recovering guns, great. Putting the guns on the table, as they say. But the money that they're finding, they're pocketing some nah. of it. They're skimming. They're taking it And then you know, it turns out some of them taking drugs, giving that to drug dealers to sell onto the streets. Perpetrating the crimes that they're there to serve and protect against. Mm. It's very good. I believe it's on Sky Atlantic. Um, it's a HBO show, so you know it's going to be good. And... Yeah, there is the background of the Freddie Gray riots and the decree of consent in Baltimore, but it is mainly about these corrupt cops and kind of the interviews with them, where you see them kind of turn each other in, they'll turn against each other. And the main guy, Wayne, played by John Bernthal, doesn't think anyone will ever turn anyone in. And then when the net starts to close, you know... You see, how, see the, the plays he tries to make to get out of it. But then you, there's flashbacks to when he was just a starting out cop. And then there's flashbacks to when he starts getting involved in this uh, task force and how he first starts stealing and, and just all of this. Yeah, it's really good. Very, very highly recommended. Only six episodes. So you're not going to have to Whoa. dedicate your whole life. You could do it in a week. It's good. Mm. Very good. We own this. I'm very system. intrigued. Yes, I think you'd enjoy it. It's one of mm. them you have to focus on. It's not, a, I'm going to look at my phone while I'm watching it, but I think that's okay. And yeah, I thought it was really good. I'd probably I'd probably give it five blueberries because I can't really think of anything that's like, well, it was a bit no, it was really good. It was just well acted, well written. Um and it's true. So there's no but, kind of But it sounds drama. like it's got
1: a great cast. It's an HBO production so it's gonna look slick, obviously. Mm-hmm the storyline sounds really interesting and the backdrop kind of the social cultural backdrop mm-hmm. sounds very interesting as well so it I is. can't see why I'd fault it no one question please uh do you have to have seen the wire to appreciate we own the city no Excellent.
0: it's not about it's not about the wire but some of the terminology is the same um and obviously you recognize people but that doesn't mean anything it's it's a show it's a it's a show about true events in the city of Baltimore, but it's by the creators so familiarity you you might be like oh yeah yeah i know what a mope is but you won't it won't hinder you you just have to do that thing of you know the listening in and being like mm, i don't really know what that means and even a lot of I'm the, the political jargon behind it because everything's very political with the mayor and stuff i'm like i don't necessarily get what that means but i'm, I'm kind of getting the gist of it because i find american politics even like from the, sort of the rankings of the police I, I don't get it yeah i don't get it but um that you don't really need to so no you do not need to have seen The Wire but it would it would help and then you should watch it but you can just watch this as its own little delight that
1: sounds like something that might be going on my list it is put it on the
0: list then we can talk about it put it it.
1: on the list the list is very long and it consists of a lot of recommendations for you that I still haven't gotten around to watching yet Um, yes get on it one day one day we'll do this and I'll go do you remember that thing that you told me to watch well now I've watched it (gasps) three years later five years later (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, well, thank you, Lizzie. Uh, recommendation for the listeners and for me. Sounds very much uh, aligned to the uh, the things that float my boat. Yes, seriously. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, I feel I rushed my something old a little, and that's mostly because I'm very excited to talk about my something new. I'm excited to hear it.
0: And on, so an ongoing new, something new. That's always good to hear. Yeah,
1: I'm halfway through my something new. And my something new is a four-part documentary about a guy called Gary Stewart. Gary Stewart uh, it, It's called, uh, oh my God, I've just completely forgotten. Uh The Most Dangerous Animal of All. There we go. I couldn't remember exactly what they so word was. So I've seen,
0: was. I feel like I've seen this
1: on one of the user interfaces of the streaming services. Well, Fun enough, it's, it's a Star original, I believe, which so. you can find through the platform that is Disney Plus. Uh, because they have a secret true crime storage. Uh, so Gary Stewart, you will never have heard of him ever. Uh, gary stewart is a man who was adopted and uh he's determined to find out who his birth parents are and he finds out this is not spoiling any of it because you do read this in the in the synopsis before you read it um and i'll read you the official one you can have to see my face close up now lucy a delight. So the official official synopsis of this is soon after his birth mother contacted him for the first time gary l stewart decided to search for his biological father his disturbing identity would force Stuart to reconsider everything he thought he knew about himself. So, could you believe it? Gary does this research about who his father may be.
0: Can I ask and one her. question, sorry, just yes. because I want to say it before I'll you say it. it. Has it got anything to do with the Zodiac killer? Yes. Because so, the interface thing has the little symbol thing. Right, um, Yeah, you, you carry on, but... The film Zodiac, no, like, the, sh- the film. You've seen the film oh, Zodiac? So good. It's the greatest prey of all of the world. That sort of plays into yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, exactly. but I wanted to say well, it no, before
1: you did. The title is uh, a quote from the Zodiac Killer. So Gary eventually discovers that he thinks that his father may well have been the Zodiac Killer. And there are a lot of things so far on episode two or four that I've just finished that lead me to be inclined to believe him and to agree with him. So for anyone who doesn't know... The Zodiac killer killed dozens of people uh in San Francisco in the late 60s and 70s, mostly couples in cars, and um, apart from a few uh slightly more rogue ones. And as it turns out this guy's dad is a bloke called Earl Van Best Jr. And Earl Van Best Jr. uh was first known for something what's called the ice ice cream romance. So this guy, Gary's mother, uh was basically sort of like she's 14 years old. This guy is a bit of a paedophile, they get married and then run away together and then get pregnant. Um not really a romance, shall we say? More it's just a, r- rape and abduction is what it sounds like. Exactly. Exactly. Um anyway, so as Gary is investigating, and I can't tell you how the story ends because I've not finished it yet. Uh which seems to happen a lot when I watch things new and come into this podcast. No, but it's but, quite uh, nice to get you in the middle of it to be like, oh, how's well, it going to So I've recently found out that Earl Van Best Jr., Gary's dad, Biological well, dad. sorry, <laughs> uh, was at one point mates with Anton Levay, who was the founder of the Church of Satan, uh, and also at one point in a band with one of the Manson members, like just, the Manson family members.
0: Just normal men, they're just they're innocent already men.
1: Here, I told you three things about this guy: rape and abduction, Church of Satan, Manson family. Already, he sounds awful. It gets worse. I am absolutely hooked. Because the Zodiac Killer is one of those, like, it's one of those unsolved murders that's so utterly frustrating. So again, if you don't know much about him, he um, taunted the San Francisco um, Chronicle and other local newspapers with ciphers that he sent through that not all of them were ever really solved. One one was solved a couple of years ago by a little old couple. Yes, uh, yes, America. I remember this. He'd spent years trying to solve it and finally eventually solved it, but it didn't obviously lead to anything useful. Um but there's been a, a little hint at the end of episode two about one of the ciphers that had never been sold, which is called the 340 cipher, because it's got 340 characters in it, I think. I think that's what he said. Um, and that there may be a clue in there, but there may be not. So I'm I'm kind of in the middle of this thing thinking, I'm fascinated because it's a nice true crime story, love it. Even if he's not the Zodiac Killer, this guy's awful, and I'm really intrigued to know more about his awfulness. Um And I've not quite yet decided whether I think he is the Zodiac killer or could be. I like to think if they'd have officially solved the case, I'd know. Then again, would you? So you kind of got this little kind of, it's a little bit private detectory. It's a bit emotional because the guy at the kind of centre of it all talks about the emotional nature and the, the kind of emotional impact of being abandoned and adopted and how that's basically consumed his life for 40 odd years and um that in itself is even just as a separate part of the story is really compelling because he's really honest about it you know he's on his fifth wife he's had many divorces he's never really felt loved or you know like he belonged anywhere because he never really understood where it came from and you know so that part of the story is really interesting but I am so utterly hurt by this Earl Van Best Jr dude he is an awful man uh, and I is he dead? Or do we not know? I've not yet discovered that. Okay. In the first episode, we are told that his death benefits have never been claimed. However, that doesn't mean anything because I don't think anyone wanted anything to do with him after a while. So either he's dead, we don't know about it, or he's not and he's in hiding somewhere under a different name. Or something. I don't know. Anyway, so I uh, highly recommend a watch. I can't imagine it's going to get any worse in the next few episodes. Uh, and currently, it, it's it's a four so far, I don't think I can fully judge it, and I'm not sure it quite pips the post for a five blobe. But it's very good and very interesting and it's only four episodes. So if you feel like a bit of true crime. It's been a while.
0: You know, all the Netflix like mental ones that were just like after the Tinder Swindler,
1: I was like, eh, I'm gonna give up on this for a bit. Um I never watched the Tinder Swindler or whatever the other one was that came out at the same time because it was too I much prefer me classics.
0: It was nice that no one died. I like it when no one dies. Um, but it w- it was a bit, you know, I don't want to victim blame. But what the fuck are you doing? Some some of the women on there, I'm just like, eh, why would you do that? But, you know, love That's is love is a, a stra- love is a strange thing. But this, yeah, I mean, the Zodiac, there's the, I love the film. I think the film's great. And I actually read a book about the Zodiac killer, which I never do. Um like, years ago, probably, I think it came out at the same time as, it was maybe like a book rebranded with the Zodiac film stuff, so I was like, Jake, uh, you know, maybe I, yeah. I like um and it? And, yeah, it is interesting, and it is one of those things where someone must know more than one person knows who did it. Yeah. It's not something must that could do. be actually, like, well, there's just no way of knowing. Um, but, I mean, recently there, what was his name? They changed his name all the time, Golden State Killer, the, the Night GSK, Stalker, yeah. the Rape, the Whatever, rapist. He he got caught, didn't he? After like... Visalia
1: rapist, God's sake, killer, night stalker. Uh, Ga- Gary. Yeah. But that, you know... That's really annoying. And man. that
0: was a case where really you're like, how did you not actually physically catch him? He was there. But people... Well, at one point, he was a cop. Oh, what a fucking surprise. Shock fucking horror. Mm, sorry. Um, sorry to all the good cops out there, but you're not... You lads are not giving yourselves good names at the moment. Jo- Not quite as Joseph much. Joseph James D'Angelo. Thank you,
1: What's Joe D'Angelo. Uh, yeah, but he, he was caught by a man called Paul Holes, uh, who is a very cool guy. Uh, if you ever listened to the podcast The Murder Squad, uh, there was for once a trending hashtag called Hot for Holes because we all quite fancy Paul Holes. Uh, he caught Joe D'Angelo through genetic genealogy. Yeah, he stole like a cup. Stole. He took a cup that he'd used, didn't he? He legally retrieved a cup that had DNA on it. Yes, let's not put Paul Holes in prison. How are we spelling his surname? D-I-apostrophe-Angelo, I I think. No, Paul Holes. Oh, as in like a hole in the ground hole. We're just doing a bit of objective. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for like, for a crime solver, yes. He's quite square-jawed. Yeah, and he solves crimes. Yeah. It's cool. I love that. That is cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of that. And I kind of, there's a part of me who thinks with the Zodiac Killer, then there's never... I don't think they ever had much physical evidence. Somebody could, de- if they did, somebody could definitely, definitely find out who he was. I just feel like so someone
0: knows, maybe someone that was close to him is like, mm, that was probably him. You know, or, fa- or found stuff like, and then it's just like, it gets too late and you're like, well, oh, I can't say anything now. It's stopped now, so it doesn't matter. So never,
1: maybe we'll all just move on. Well, I'll let you know if I get any further information from said yes. uh, documentary series. Um, it, very intriguing. And it's something. It's the first thing I've watched in a long time. It's made me think, rather than just being like, oh, here we go again. It's another thing. And about, I guess blah, it's blah, a blah, different
0: blah. framing. It's not just someone going, let's try and find the Zodiac killer. There's like the family tie and that kind of emotional resonance, which makes it a bit different to the other true crime yeah, totally. offerings,
1: maybe. And you've got, you know, you've got the background of his actual biological mother. She talks quite a lot in it as well. It's very interesting. Um, You know, and that whole, the whole um, kind of background of it is just fascinating. So it's a really interesting journey to go on with Gary. Um, Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. She's just having a nice time watching a thing about murders. Again, um, how long are the episodes? About 40 minutes. Ah, 40 to 45 minutes.
0: I see. So this is definitely doable.
1: Yeah, so it's like, I mean, if you do um, three hours.
0: Hmm, okay,
1: that's good. I've been taking my time with it as well. I, don't, I haven't really wanted to binge the whole thing because I could have done, but actually I'm liking it absorbing the information in the middle and thinking, what do I think about this? What do I think about the fact that he looks just like the police sketch? What do I think about the fact that they found a fingerprint that they said they couldn't match, but it does look very much like his fingerprint with the scar he has on his finger? There's always, re- like the thing is, I feel like these documentaries, it's
0: like a bit like making a murderer. As much as I, I do believe in Avery and um Brendan's Dassey. Yeah. I believe in their innocence. But you, I feel like documentaries will just steer you towards this evidence, be like, but look at this, but look at this. And the police are like, yeah, but actually what you don't see is that this, this, this and this don't match. And um, mm. Yeah, but as much as it is nice to watch these things, be like, oh my God, like it must, that must be it. It's so obviously. that's part
1: of the reason why I'm taking it slowly, so I can make my own decisions about it. Although I probably will from now on when I finish it, be convinced that L. Van Best Jr. is the Zodiac Killer. Because, um, you know, mind you, I watched The Confession Killer and I thought he did everything. And it turns out he definitely didn't. Um, maybe I was drunk when I watched that. Who knows? It's quite possible. Um, what has happened to Brendan Dassey? Let's Google that later. He's, um, that's it for him.
0: He's, I think he's exhausted his appeals to the highest level.
1: That's a complete fucking travesty. I
0: feel like, what's her name? Is it Kathleen Ziegler? What's the name of that boss woman yeah. lawyer? She hate her. No, she's legend. Why do you hate her? She's trying to get them off.
1: Just not like just that. It's the voice. It's the voice. Well, you know, sometimes No, voice. I don't. She, she is, she's an ama- amazing woman, which does talk a lot. She just irritates me. I don't hate her. She's doing very good things. She's trying. Very good things. And I think...
0: Doing the best. I feel like she will find a way, but I think with Brendan, yeah, I don't know why, because it's like, he obviously didn't do it, like, not even just in that sort of true crime world. It's like, no, I mean, what he said no is not what happened and nothing was legal about how he was questioned this is not a, this is not a podcast about that but that that's what i think find weird whereas with the steven stuff i still don't think he did it but it's a bit murkier than with brendan it's just like it's yeah, less clean cut this is an it's definitely less clean cut miscarriage you know, of brendan,
1: justice 100 percent. i mean brendan has an iq of like 40 something he should never have even been there I as mean, there a child own, let alone yeah oh, sickens her. me to this day Sick of speech to my core. Lucy. No, I'm sorry. Kathleen Ziegler is a very good woman. It's just her voice is really great at something. Yeah. I, um, I, I get that. I've beca- become less less tolerant as as the years have gone by, if I'm perfectly honest, of just people. Um but you're right, this isn't a podcast about making a murder. Although we could do one. I mean, well and I wonder if they'll ever um, revisit.
0: I mean, if there's nothing happening. I, happening?
1: happening? Happening. Happening
0: Then maybe not.
1: Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I'd like something to happen so that they could do another series and we could go back to it. That I would, would be just be
0: like them to be yeah. freed, please. And, you know, I mean, there was more... I don't know what I am still going to go on about this. Probably not interesting. We could probably, co- like, talk about this outside of the podcast. But, yeah, there was nope. that recent, like, um, some more evidence came in that someone said that they had actually rang up and said they saw... Uh, what what was his, like, cousin's name? It was Brendan's brother, Bobby, I think. Like, mm. there, it basically probably him you know
1: yeah i mean we all thought that in the first series so there's sort we, of though?
0: more evidence of that but it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere
1: way more likely that bobby dassey and his all of these things. stepdad yeah scott yeah. i think i his mean name was scott they were the ones
0: and i feel like the <sighs> her, brendan's mum basically like sort of sacrificed him for his um her boyfriend and her older son I'm just like yeah brendan can take yeah, 100%. her wrap
1: it's a real shame, Scum. and just how Stephen ended up in there is just a bit bewildering experience. The whole thing, just utterly bizarre. Justice for Ava,
0: for Steve and Brendan, we never give up. Yay! Right, I'll never stop. Surrender. I'll stop talking about it now because it's not anything to do with anything.
1: Well, I mean, it does. It, let's tie it all back to the fact that uh, we do love a little bit of true crime, and we are uh, avid supporters of uh, people fighting for innocent people in jail. Yeah. And fuck the police um, when
0: they're corrupt. Which is what uh, I've so said you about can see. Uh, Baltimore Police Department in We Own the Night. So exactly.
1: it does all circle back. Well, there you go. It does all circle back to something new, which has got to be related to true crime injustices uh, and unsolved mysteries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, Lucy, I think that covers us something old and something new for this this episode. Uh Coming up, I'm sure that the boys have got some very exciting things uh, to talk to us about. If you haven't listened, I'm sure they've done a very nice little uh, Thor spoiler cast. Still haven't seen Thor. Neither have I and I'm very upset about it. Apparently no, it's not very but good. It's... But also, okay, let's be honest. I haven't listened to the, the little, uh, the, the boys pod. It's got Chris Hemsworth in it. It's got Tessa Thompson in it. And everybody's doing some fighting and flying around like superheroes. How can you not love it? It's going to be fun, even if it's not that good. Exactly. It doesn't have to be amazing. It can still just be fun. I think I'll just wait for anyway. it to come to uh, Disney Plus. Correct. I'll do the same thing. And then we can talk about it as something new. Woohoo! Yay! Uh, lots of other things coming up. Uh, there'll be some new uh, series coming out, including, I do believe, a little preview podcast before the release of The House of the Dragon. Oh, yes. Enter the Dragon. Uh, back to our roots a uh, bit more Game of Thrones George R. R. Martin um, as a, a sports podcast, here I'm slightly excited also fuming that he still hasn't finished the book he's so. not He's not going to finish it so don't worry about it no well I just haven't let it go yet at least uh, anything else very important that I've forgotten to tell everybody about that they should be listening to if they subscribe to our podcast on iTunes Spotify and the other major platforms um, no idea I don't know no, me just, neither. Just neither go, just go on is. the channel,
0: have a scroll through. There'll be something good on there, something fun to listen yeah. to. Um, go
1: go further back. Go back to Stephen King stuff, you know. Why not? Yeah. Stephen King, get King Corner, all sorts of what things. What else have you got to do? And if all you like is listening to me and Lucy, come back uh, soon, and there'll be another something old, something new for you to enjoy. Indeed, indeed. Um, but For now, all this is to say is uh, fuck the Baltimore police, free Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey, Uh, And who knows if we might have just discovered who the Zodiac Killer is. Thank you, Lucy, for joining me. Thank you very Uh, much. and And thank you all for listening. Goodbye. Bye.